Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Something Old, Something New, Something Borrowed, and, and Something Brewed, um, out of order today. Uh, as always, I'm Andrew J. Pintel. And I'm Nick Lancaster. And joining us today, we have a couple special guests uh, from around the country. Yeah. I think it's the first time we've had a split double guest. That's true, that's true. All right, today we are joined by Jeremy... Kaplowitz, hey man, how's it going? Oh, cool. Okay, I, I, I was I was very concerned if I said it correctly. You want, not how to say and that, yeah, we asked for your <laughs> credits, and then like <laughs> consummate professionalism over here. And Mark Roebuck, both hey. from the Hard Times, Hard Drive, mm-hmm. Super Mario Brothers, Super Show, Show, yeah, a yeah. fabulous podcast. Thank you about the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Um, thanks for coming on, you yeah. guys. Thanks for having oh, us. For sure. For sure, thanks for having I, us. Um, I, I honestly, I don't care when people mispronounce my name because there's no other like Jeremy Caplo kind of wits. Like it's not like yeah. it's all going to the same place. Yeah, <laughs> the Google Jer- autocorrect is there. Yeah, Jeremy's yeah. so nice. He's like, thanks for trying. That's all. Well, you know, like my name is Jeremy Caplo. If you say like Kaplowski or whatever, it's not like there is a Jeremy Kaplowski that is going to steal all my. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like whatever. I'm I'll, going on I'll LinkedIn right them. now. You got that OG <laughs> username. I'm happy to so be like Jeremy. six people. Some Jeremy Kaplowski go, no, that's me on the podcast. Listen. listen. <laughs> yeah, he to wants all the credit. Model so his just, personality after the things you've said. Just doing audio deep fakes or whatever. <laughs> um, You're right. I couldn't find a Jeremy Kaplowski. <laughs> there you go. That's the Baron Stain Bears timeline. <laughs> there is a Jeremy Kaplowitz who's an assistant professor there of is. something at some I know all I'm not going to give personal info. I've harassed multiple Jeremy Kaplowitzes online. They, oh, a few Tell them to ch- change their name. They meet once a year. Yeah, dude. Get rid of them. Uh, <laughs> One of them is a doctor do- in Baltimore. One of them is like a racist in California. <laughs> oh, God, no. There, is uh, there yeah. good money in that? Is there good money in being a racist or a doctor? You said it like that's yeah, what well, his LinkedIn profile says. You, you, you said it like you were naming their well, occupations. Uh, one of <laughs> them is doctor. the goddamn president, Mark. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Hot take. Yeah. Are we getting take hurt? is that the president's name is Jeremy? I lost track of what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Kaplowitz is the president. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Well, well, actually, you guys are uh, campaign managers, right? We that's can, true. That is we true. Can, uh, we can talk about that later, but uh, sure. that's like a recent development. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, so we'll, oh. we'll get to that. Uh, we're going to elect a gamer president, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Oh, a gamer president? <laughs> a gamer president. A gamer president, We're going to yeah. take a comedy bit too far and accidentally get a comedian elected president. <laughs> it's going to be good. <laughs> this is the first actual movie <laughs> where everything gets out of hand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gamer President is a 2004 comedy 
starring uh, Justin <laughs> Long. Exactly. <laughs> Who's supposed to go this far? <laughs> and he has to get a vice presidential candidate played by Lewis Black. Lewis yeah. Black. Lewis, I, I need you thinking... to be my player too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! And Anna Faris is pretending to be the first lady, but by the end, they're actually in love. Wow, beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. Shit just writes itself. <laughs> this is yeah. great. Well, speaking of where what who's who's Dane Cook? Oh. <laughs> he's the secretary you, of fun. You know he's in this one. <laughs> yeah, you, you like you say that like Dane Cook doesn't just like stand in front of a mirror every day and just like who, who is Dane Cook? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, speaking a- of politics, let's <laughs> segue into the first album. Toxicity by System of a Down. So this is something old that I am bringing in to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick yeah. uh, is outspoken about his enjoyment of System of a Down. He has told us a story a couple of times about oh, no. strategically listening along in the car and like mm. talking over the song when it said the bad words <laughs> so his mom couldn't hear. Oh, yep. classic like strategy. Censorship. Uh-huh. Oh, I was writing that dial in the car, just like making sure. Um, yeah, and I probably already, I've probably told the story before as well. Where like, from my parents' perspective, like going into freshman year of high school, I didn't really listen to music at all. And then one of my friends like showed me a System of a Down song, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. And then I just got super into them. So from their perspective, I went from listening to nothing to just like angels deserve to die and shit yeah, like sure. that <laughs> and like it was just such a left turn from my parents perspective like i don't think they knew like what was going on at all they're like what did we do wrong <laughs> yeah. you didn't have like yeah. the mc hammer phase that like i think it's gonna be okay <laughs> i have a weirdly similar but opposite story in which i didn't listen to much music and then in like fourth grade my dad was like let me just throw some songs onto an ipod for you and it was like queen green day and system of a down for some reason and that was just all the news i could listen to but my dad gave it to me. Oh wow. my god, that's like that is a mixed bag. That's pretty for cool. Sure. It's very odd. It's kind of like it's that's probably like Guardians of the Galaxy Four soundtrack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Green worst Day version of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Love fucking Green Day songs about masturbating. For yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Star Wars doesn't yeah. know who the president is, but he knows that he's an American idiot. <laughs> and it's a really really hot take uh yeah. after the administration's i remember when that album came out too and it was i was uh, like i think i was in like middle school or something like that all the cool middle schoolers had uh american idiot t-shirts yeah man oh yeah oh yeah very edgy oh yeah especially in like where i'm from which is like a pretty small conservative town that shit was like I don't, I don't remember if people in my town were upset at the Dixie Chicks at the time, like that 2003, 2004 interview that they did. Oh. I would imagine people were. Probably people where I'm yeah. from were pretty upset. Yeah. Um, so th- the reason that I wanted to talk about uh, toxicity, uh, I saw a tweet that I was a big fan of, and it made me kind of reanalyze the album, because I feel like System of a Down kind of falls into that new metal, early 2000s category, mm-hmm. where... I I think they get lumped in with like disturbed and corn and like these other yes. and like Slipknot and I think yes but they co-headed they co-headlined a tour with Slipknot did they okay I think System of a Down has aged better than a lot of people think 
Yeah. Like I think a, a few years ago, I, I was. Well, in they some, were like, right about a lot of these things that they're yelling about. That's that's kind of what I'm. The getting government at here. is doing these things. Like okay, so this tweet that I found that piqued my interest. It's by at Goodwill Smith. Whoever you are out there, <laughs> shots fired to the uh, said, Goodwill Smith. <laughs> but it's like. Me, age 12, System of a Down, prison song, has sick riffs, and I love the scream vocals. Heavy as fuck, dude. Me now. Why, yes, the U.S. government does use revenue from minor drug sentences to fund secret (laughs) wars, rig elections, and train brutal corporate-sponsored dictators around the world. (laughs) And I, I was like, oh, shit, I forgot that that's what that song's about. And, like, listening back to it, uh, I, I... I was just really impressed that, like, in t- September 4th, 2001 was when this album was released. Wow. And, like, they were... Huh. They were talking about shit that was going on at the time, and I think people were just like, oh, yeah, I like that part where he screams, and then the guitar goes... Because, like, they recorded the whole thing in, like, drop C tuning, and it's just like... Mm-hmm. I don't know. The whole album is... It's, it's interesting to me. Um, <clears throat> I think... <laughs> Let's throw a clip. Let's throw a clip from Prison Song, because that's how the album opens. Like, it starts out with that, like, aggressively in your face. So, Andrew, what are you laughing at? Uh, nothing. Oh, okay. I feel like, I feel like, uh, you're making fun of me here. I'm not, no, no, no. It's just that this, this album came out a week before, yeah. God um, damn it. Rock in the Suburbs. By Ben Folds. <laughs> By Ben Folds. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all remember where we were when that Ben Folds album came out. <laughs> I, think the I was trying not to say it, but I... It's just that, it's just that soon I'll be applying for jobs across the country, and if they look up my podcast <laughs> and they look at a certain couple episodes, they'll find that we talk about 9-11 a lot. <laughs> we talked about 9-11 last episode, too. Yeah. I don't remember how it came up, but it did. Were you doing Slayer, God Hates Us All? I remember that album came out on the day of... There was like a Dream Theater album, I think, that came out on 9-11. What's the, that, um, like... the Coup album? Do you guys know that one? You know what I'm talking about? You know the Coup? No, um, I don't think so. So, so Boots Riley, the guy who made like Sorry to Bother You... Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the leader of this rap group called The Coup, and they had this album. I just looked it up on my computer. It's called Party Music, and it came out. It was supposed to come out like mid September 2001. And um, the cover that they made like over the summer is them in front of the World Trade Center, and it's exploding. And, oh my and then, like, you know, 9 11 happens. So, last minute, they were like, we got to change the cover. And apparently, Boots Riley was like, no, we're not changing it. But they forced him <laughs> to change it to something else. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. That's incredible. It's so crazy. Well, I think Dream Theater also released an album that was on September 11th, 2001. And I think. I think they ended up they they did sell it and then the the like the uh, the attacks happened and I think they started pulling them off the yeah. shelves because it was like a New York City skyline. Wow. And it was Dream on Theater's fire. live album, yeah. live scenes from New York. I'm looking at it yeah, now it's... and it has the World Trade Center and there's fire around it. <laughs> yeah, wow. that's let's, crazy. <clears throat> let's jump into this clip and we can circle back here. Yeah, if we yeah. Need to. <laughs> All right, so here is a clip from Prison Song by System of a Down on their album Toxicity. Yeah, they're just like so. Surge is over not two million Americans are in the prison system. Yeah, Surge is not subtle He's at like all. He's like reading about a it. PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the Wikipedia article on the American. <laughs> but yeah, I, and like yeah, we were I guess to circle back to to nine eleven. I guess is yeah. A lot of the songs on this album deal with material like that. Like I I would imagine. 
Chop Suey was probably not played uh, on the radio all that often, which is, it, ironically, it's like their biggest claim to fame, I think, is Chop Suey and maybe right, yeah. like BYOB on Mesmerize. Mm-hmm. I'm, uh, but it's like, <clears throat> I think it was, you know, I, in 2001, I don't think that was all that, maybe like Rage Against the Machine. Like, I feel like that's another contemporary, different style mm-hmm. of music, but Rage Against the Machine was also very much just like, repeating facts at you yeah. while yeah. Tom Morello like shredded. But that I wonder if the Rage Against the Machine, like, you know, Genius, the website that explains all the lyrics, if you just yes. click it and it's just like, I mean, yeah, it's just true. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. <laughs> there's, <not really, laughs> there's no hidden meaning. It's just these are yeah. facts. Yeah. He tells no lies. Yeah. <laughs> true facts. Stated. Gore is a reference That's to the... Al Gore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I like that. Um, um like, speaking of these two bands, System of a Down and Rage Against the Machine, I always liked System of a Down, and I was more of a punk rock kid, and I was in a small little town, so all the punk rock kids and all the new metal kids were kind of just the same group, and I didn't really like mm-hmm. a lot of the music they were into. It was a lot of, like, the bands you mentioned, Korn and just Marilyn Manson. I just didn't get into it, but System of a Down had, um, on top of, like, somehow they were somehow more political and also more fun than a lot of that other shit at the same time, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think... It is kind of fun, yeah. I mean, I think part of that is uh, System of a Down's, like, influences are pretty wide and diverse. Like, I've heard them referred to as, like, if, like, Frank Zappa made a new metal album. Yeah, it's very like, eclectic it's, in a way where so much of it, uh, the other stuff was just kind of just, like, almost, like, macho posturing kind of, like... Also, too, just, like, yeah. very unspecified anger and, like, well, you're probably just mad about some girl or something, but, like, there's, there are, like, palpable things <laughs> that are being spoken about and shit, so it just felt... Yeah. But also, then, mm-hmm. on the other hand, Rage Against the Machine, who I liked a lot, but also, like, there's not a lot of fun or eclecticism. I feel like most of their songs follow the same kind of structure, just with different lyrics and guitar solos put in, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, uh, they're... A lot of the big singles from Rage Against the Machine, I can't tell which one it is. Yeah. <laughs> if, it's, yeah. if I just walk into a place and it's on until the chorus happens, then I'm like, ah, yes, it's the word he says in the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> this one's testifying. Yeah. He just listen, he's, like, he's just like, come on! You're like, oh, okay, that's the... Okay, I know what that one yeah. is. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, like, I guess in regards to, like, what you said about, like, Corn and Marilyn Manson, it did feel a lot more like like shock value. Like I feel like I uh I read an article uh oh. Is it okay if I reference the onion? Is that okay? okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, we, 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 we've, we've stolen a lot from them, so it's fair to acknowledge they exist. <laughs> before you <laughs> reference them though, before you reference it, I just want you to know they're not real news. Oh, oh that's sad. <laughs> the, the abortion megaplex yeah. is real? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> But there's there's like a, a an onion article about Marilyn Manson that was like he was oh, going door to door trying to like shock people still because yeah. mm-hmm. he's just kind of like a pudgy forty year old dude now. <laughs> and it's just mm-hmm. like who now the most even you, if you, you guys know the most removed, recent, you couldn't um, suck your own dick that thing that happened to him was that a year or two ago where he was like trying to climb on his on his like stage setup and it just like fell on him that's like the that's <laughs> oh, that's the modern Marilyn Manson yeah. controversy it's like he's oh, breaking ribs on stage instead of getting them removed. <laughs> oh man but yeah that i think that's i think that's what sets system apart and what makes them still relevant and i think i'm glad you guys are talking about prison song if i can talk about it from a more musical aspect i remember because i like system of a down and and like i was excited to hear their second album because i like their self-titled album and the way it comes on is just so like bold just dumb 
dun, 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 you know, and they're yeah. just like, okay, you guys are now watering it down. And We're all the songs kind of segue it. like that, where it's just these these really heavy, like, it'll just hit you and then be silent, and then it'll just kick in. Um, moving on, though, uh, let's... Yeah. We'll, we'll Have throw you guys clip gone in. back and revisited the music video uh, to Chop Suey? No. <laughs> it's really bad. You can find it on YouTube at like 360p or something yeah. like that. That's yeah. funny. It is, it is like old bad CGI. Oh, God, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, and they're like on a tower or something. And I can just, there's this image that was in so many music videos um, that I just have of like, an artist in a desert that's like so not a real desert at all. <laughs> and, uh, they've got some of that action. You can also find that in a, uh, um, what is it, man? I feel like a woman. There. And, oh, are you thinking of the Dixie Chicks cover of Landslide? And also by, uh, in the Dixie. Yeah, also in that one. That video. There's like volcanoes and yeah. like waterfalls with water going up. And it's like this weird, <laughs> oh. the, it was like they discovered that they could do CGI. So they're like, yeah, yeah just throw all that shit on the screen. <laughs> Jar Jar Binks is running around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me that the Chop Suey video hasn't held up very well. Yeah, it, it is ugly. And they do this effect where like they're all moving around, but they're, <laughs> you know, only like from the top half of their bodies though. Uh, Hard to describe. Imagine if they were... A quantum, wacky, waving, inflatable on two <laughs> I'm watching it now. It's real goofy. <laughs> All All right, right, the last context, the last context I saw that video in was actually a mashup with uh, Neil C. Sierga. Oh, I was going to mention was, that. Uh, it's so good. Crocodile chop. It's the best thing. Oh yeah, crocodile chop is the best. It's perfect. Oh, yeah. Like every every <laughs> new part it goes into is like funnier than the last. You know, like it's like it's not just that the verses sync up. Then it goes into the chorus, and those are so good. You know. Oh, oh my god. Mm-hmm. And I think the the last time I heard Chop Suey was in middle school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and no, it was um, uh, what's this guy's name? Richard Cheese. Oh yeah. Does like, oh, lounge like lounge covers against the machine. Yeah. Those are fun. Lounge against the machine. That's fun stuff. That's cool. Um. <laughs> I tried to make my own Chop Suey music video as a kid, where I um, <laughs> when I w- I must I think I was seven when this album came out. So I think it must have been like eight or nine. And I, like, set up a camera in my bedroom, like a camcorder. And I, like, got on my knees because that's, like, how tall my desk was. And I just, like, yelled all of it, like, lip syncing. So not <laughs> even saying it, just, like, oh, yeah. like not vocally yelling. And then um, at the end of it, I looked over and I realized that there was a guy doing construction on my oh. roof. And I didn't know. <laughs> and he was standing just in my window, basically, just staring at me the entire yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> He's like he's just he's just thinking like ah oh, man should I let him know is it rude if I just walk away without saying yeah. anything like <laughs> so it, one day I'll have to find that video. Sound like he waited for you to finish you, before he went back to work. That's pretty nice. Nope. Oh, he just watched me the whole time. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. Instead of like banging a nail or whatever, he's like, I better let this kid make his video, and then <laughs> yeah, then he went back to work. I don't want to disturb the set. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't want to disturb the set. <laughs> do, you have, do you have the video, Jeremy? I, if I could find it, I will. I mean, I know my dad saved it because he would just, he tortured me about it for years. Oh, and I God. don't know. My dad loves just bullying me and he has all these old videos because I tried to like <laughs> do YouTube when I was in third grade. Yeah. And there's just so much of it. It's funny. Did your oh, dad just God. show you this music so he could make fun of you for it? You know, I wouldn't be surprised. It was a plant. <laughs> my dad is a fucking bully. Jeez, man. 
man. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've talked about it. I think let's throw in a clip of Chop Suey, and then we can hit some final thoughts. And then uh, we can move on to uh, the album that Andrew made us listen to. (laughs) 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 All right, so here is a clip from Chop Suey by System of a Down. Go watch the music video. So many middle school dances, so many (laughs) high school dances. We all thought that we were moshing. To be a very romantic song. (laughs) Get your bump and grind on to that. No, dude, when I was in band camp. In, like, the summer, and we had, like, the Friday uh-huh. night, they had a DJ come, and, like, all these sweaty, just nerdy mm. band kids, they'd have, like, a DJ there, and they they would play Chop Suey, and we'd all, like, pretend that we were moshing, and, like, that was, <laughs> that was like, the thing that we did. It was, like, yeah. whenever Chop Suey came on at, like, one of those dances, that was a big deal. I would not be surprised if it still plays. At a middle school dance? Maybe a high school, <laughs> not a middle school dance, not a high school dance, yeah, maybe. Nick, I don't think it's as cool as it used to be. I don't, I don't, I don't it know. Was, was it ever cool? I mean, like, I liked it, but I don't know if it played at, like, a dance. Maybe it, it did. played it. You gotta think about, if they played a song when you were in middle school in 2000 from, what would it be, 1982? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Some shit's timeless. I don't know. That's true. <laughs> I, I'd like to go to... Speaking be- of that song... Uh, I'd like to go to bed thinking that it does. I, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot of schools out there. We're just asking for one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't need them all. <laughs> Somewhere. We'll all, yeah. <laughs> um, really, though, between Chop Suey, Aerials, and Toxicity, you have three, like, bona fide hits that stood the test of time. So that alone really... Uh, oh, yeah. You know, it's like, you to see those, like, wow, for being, again, such kind of like a weird, cool metal political mm-hmm. album, it's also just got three huge radio hits which is oh yeah not surprising because i know but i just hadn't really thought of it like that and you know when you look back you go oh yeah damn yeah um and the toxicity music video is also like super weird like i think it's like a white room and they're just cgi and green screens like once they started using that shit they were just they went ham on it (laughs) um off to the races (laughs) but i think what is interesting about toxicity is for all of like the the really heavy metal like blustery you, just like speed metal shit, there's like these moments of like really pretty stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Chop Suey is like pretty heavy, and then like the chorus mm-hmm. is like I, I I don't know. They have a sense of like melody and and harmony, and I even on like I was listening to like Deer Dance earlier and like Needles and Prison Song. All of these songs like start <laughs> out very very heavy, but like their sense of harmony is it's a good um, juxtaposition between like the really heavy and like the honestly kind of pretty sounding stuff. Yeah. They have a lot of great melodies. A lot of new metal bands did like choruses that were just kind of like bland, you know? And I, I, yeah, I think so. I think between, yeah, between like aerials and I was a fan of the song spiders on their first album. Yeah. They really, and I don't mean this in a condescending way, but they really like kind of figured out the new metal ballad in a way other Mm. bands couldn't, I think. Yeah. You know, you buy that? Oh no, absolutely. I I, I definitely agree with that. (laughs) The new metal ballad. I never thought about it that way though. (laughs) But that's what it is. That's like the every rose has its thorn of, (laughs) (laughs) it's like these cool fucking slower, still kind of heavy and ominous. Every uh, angel deserves to die. (laughs) 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 Oh, yep. Oh, Um, you did it. uh, Yeah, I did it. Um, So, uh, Andrew. Yes. Do we want to move on? 
Um, it is customary on the show in Final Thoughts to give an arbitrary rating to the album you're reviewing today. Ooh, so, wow. Nick, what are you what are you gonna rate the album you brought today? Ooh, see that's tough. Uh, because I do think it's held up really well, but I'm wondering how much of that is clouded by like a little bit of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Like there might be, like there's some weird like Charles Manson defense songs on here. <laughs> is there really? <laughs> ATWA yeah. is a song. Of, it's a song about the environment, but it's like about it's a song about Charles Manson's opinion on the environment. Yeah, and I don't know if that was just them being edgy or because like he, he says right. he says that like. He feels like he got sentenced for the wrong crime or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. It's, oh, wow. That could have just them trying to be edgy in like 2001. One of the two million. I could see, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this album a... Uh, I'm going to give it a solid 9 out of 10. I, I think it holds up. Uh, the, the new metal ballads on this album are great. Like... Ariel's is a great. I would give us a nine out of eleven. Oh boy! Uh, you found it. You threaded the needle. <laughs> Shit! <laughs> it's. Um, I'm gonna cut all that out, and I'm gonna be like, ah, I give it a nine out of eleven. <laughs> it's, che- it's it's Chekhov's nine eleven joke. Ooh. There it is. If we set it up in Act One, how are we not gonna bring it home <laughs> in Act Three? <clears throat> anyway, that was the third act. This was the podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> um. All right, Andrew, let's talk about yeah, your so thing. I'm going week, to grab a beer. I'll take one, too. Okay, we'll be right back. This week, I brought in, um, I suppose it's a mixtape. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I sound like I'm going to give a book report from just the title. Uh, this album is called The Yardy Mixtape. It's it, Actually, I believe technically it is called In Full. Idris Elba presents The Yardy Mixtape. And was that very nice of him to present it? Yeah, very nice of him to present it and make that half of the title. Um, But he is, uh, we all know Idris Elba, presumably from his acting roles. Good chops. Um, Although I did see him on SNL this year and I don't think he was very funny. So throwing that out there. And SNL isn't funny hot take? (laughs) No, 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 no. I like SNL still. Ooh. So maybe this you was like the SNL only funny hot take? <laughs> <laughs> SNL's not dead yet. Um, outlived Mad Magazine. That's true. Outlived oh. Mad TV. Yeah. Mad TV. Wait, such great Rip characters Thorn. as Stuart. How did that oh happen? Oh, my God. <laughs> Rip. Stuart. I, I think Mad TV is actually kind of great. Mm-hmm. Did you like Miss Swan? Oh. And her famous catchphrase, he looked like a man. <laughs> okay, it doesn't <laughs> I, I'm thinking of uh I'm thinking of the, the Kenny Rogers and Jackass collaboration. That's a good one. That was a good one. With Will Sasso, I think it yeah. was. Yeah. Like nobody wins in a condiment eating challenge. <laughs> I'll just throw it up. Um so yeah, Idris Elba presents the Artie Mixtape is a collection of related uh hip hop and rap tracks and a couple skits that are inspired by Yardy, which is a movie that, that none of us Elba directed. So it's not the soundtrack. Uh, it is inspired by the movie, which leads some of the songs to be pretty heavy handed 
on their sampling of lines from the movie. Is this I, is this Idris Elba just going for an egot? All at the same Possibly. time with the same project. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did like a verse on someone's song that was popular. But the thing is, that was in in Europe. Like it, this wasn't mainstream American. It was mainstream English, and it was popular. So he decided he would. Now that he's done directing, I'll make an album. Now he's like, "Yo, you heard of Hamilton, right? We'll check this <laughs> shit out." <laughs> And he only performs on a couple of the songs on this album. Uh, Mixtape? Was it? Nothing. Go ahead. Yeah, he only performs on a couple of the songs. It's mostly other people. Uh, (laughs) But I think we should start uh, with a clip that really showcases what you're getting from Idris Elba (laughs) off of this mixtape. So um, let's jump into Prophecy featuring Michelle. Okay, here's Prophecy featuring my shell on the mixtape Idris Elba presents the Yardy mixtape. I know what you're thinking. It sounds exactly like if Idris Elba was rapping. <laughs> and it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how to judge reggae. It's cause, I don't yeah, know how to judge reggae a, either. Because <laughs> it, it, like, it has one function and that's what it does. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of so I mean the mixtape as a whole um, is like equal parts hip hop, like rap and reggae, yeah. and it's an interesting thing. I'm happy I listened to it, but I can't say uh, that it's good. Is that the clip makes sense. from the beginning from the movie? Yeah, I well you know here's the thing. I don't know, but I assume yes. <laughs> I like how this confidently movie, you said yes. yes. <laughs> it could have been anything. Like, from what I read, <laughs> so, this movie is I just like... Because I listened to this whole thing, and there's a lot of inner, like, interstitial lines like that, mm-hmm. that if they're not from the movie, I don't know what the fuck they are. <laughs> so I'm just choosing to have blind confidence that, of course, that's from the it's movie. Like, yeah, it's from that one scene. You know, you know the one. <laughs> well, apparently this movie, from what I've read, just kind of did okay so i was gonna ask if it's come and went or if this was you know are we still in the lead up to it but no it's like out there doing its thing this is a new album release but i believe that the movie had already been out i'm gonna uh, pull that up well that's, that's his thoughts that's like on pretty this. bold to release a movie like a year ago and basically everyone was just like eh. and then he's like no 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 no, i'm gonna release a mixtape right like yeah you know, it came out 11 months ago oh man it's like oh no there's more to the story those almost seem all... like projects yeah you should work on them concurrently not one than the other (laughs) (laughs) he was like i love it because it might have come out more recently in the states but this isn't aimed at the states but uh he's like i had such a good time directing that movie that i'm gonna spend the next year making music about that movie (laughs) i can't i can't fault him for that though like honestly it's 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 a pretty kanye move (laughs) well i said this to you I said to Jeremy earlier today, because I was listening to this, and I was just like, the mixtape about a movie is a cool idea, because soundtracks are a little played out. You can just make a playlist on Spotify if you're so inclined, you know? So the yeah, mixtape about Tarantino a movie method. seems like, mm-hmm. yeah, that seems like the next level. Like, I, th- I told Jeremy, I think every movie needs a mixtape. That's my new idea. <laughs> I feel like the Kanye move would be he makes a movie about an album he wrote. Oh, my God. Mm. That'd be great. All right, what would Kanye call his movie? <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, the life of Pablo makes sense. He just makes like an honest biopic. Right. The last it's like, it's like The Last Temptation of Yeezy or something very, <laughs> it's actually, it's very inflated. It's actually really good and we're all pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. Well, Kanye just becomes like like Charlie Kaufman's himself in like adaptation and it's just like yeah. suddenly there's someone playing Kanye trying to write a movie, trying to write an album, trying to write a movie about a oh movie that he's in. Man. And then he's got a twin brother. I love that movie. Adaptation is so good. And anyway. he got a twin brother, oh, Kenny. <laughs> Kenny, you know, I I haven't seen Adaptation, but I have seen Charlie Kaufman's um, what is it, Synecdoche? Yeah. And, oh God. Uh, I didn't. I thought that's what you were talking about at first. That's how similar I guess those it movies is, I mean, are. It is similar. Yeah. It's it's like a writer being consumed very much by an autobiographical yeah. thing. I suppose, right? Yeah. yeah. I watched that. I haven't seen that movie in a few years, but uh, it it goes places. I think yeah. Charlie Kaufman, like, unhinged writing and directing is, like, meh, middling results. But you throw him with, like, Spike Jones, and it's mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. Andrew, another song. Another song. <laughs> what an idea. <laughs> What's the song on this album that sounds like it's got, like, a cell phone in it? Because I like that one. It's one of the early ones. Um, <laughs> what do you mean it's got a I cell phone? I don't know if this is that one, but Yard is the one I think we should listen to. Um, this song is to me the most fun on the album. It is kind of goofy, but, and there's this weird point. It's like, it reminds me of early Childish Gambino, uh, lyric structure where it's clever. It's not necessarily art, but... It's not <laughs> trying to be, mm-hmm. and that's cool. It's in that weird area of, like, I'm not saying this is a good song the way that, like, Under Pressure is a good song. <laughs> like, like on Childish Gambino's camp, a lot of his stuff was, like, almost like word association. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you can tell that he's a writer, the way yeah. that that album is. And so this song, I feel like, is a little bit of that. But to me, this was the bright spot. So let's check out Yard by... Toddler T and Chip off of uh, Idris Elba Presents the Artie Mixtape. A thing that I like about that song uh, upon re-listening is that in the chorus he references Idris. Yeah, yeah, he does. He's about like how he's not an actor, not like Idris. <laughs> and it reminds me of a unique set of circumstances that I can only, the only other thing I can think of is 8 Mile. Yep. Where Eminem says that, like, this isn't a movie for his song that is the song in the movie. I was always confused about that. And it's no movie, there's no Mackay Pfeiffer. If if that wasn't an Eminem song, that would make sense. But he's in character, right? Yeah, exactly. In the movie, he is in character. So, yeah, it's one of those, like, it's... I'll call it breaking the fifth wall where <laughs> instead of going forward, right. they just like go behind and they push it over. And it's like, we know, like, <laughs> <laughs> but if I could aware. be, I'm just wondering if I not to be a stickler for detail, but I can't help but think. So now I'm thinking of the lose yourself, uh, song uh-huh. and, but he is saying his knee, like he's saying he, he's not saying there's vomit on my sweater. He's saying there's vomit on his sweater. So there is, he's singing about rabbit, but he's, then he's saying how it's not a movie. Right, yes, okay, yeah, so I'm just getting there. So it's not the first person, but it is very much a movie character. It's weird. Right, I don't know, shit. <laughs> they should know so, who Mackay Pfeiffer is. They'll be like, who's that, uh-huh. right? 
So Eminem, Eminem is this generation's Charlie Kaufman, and he's going to be... Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dude, that's an Oscar-winning uh, song. That'd be great if yeah, Eminem played really Ka- is. Eminem's Kanye's white brother, that they just <laughs> don't mention <laughs> any of the obvious things you'd wonder about. <laughs> I mean, it's it's 2019. You can't go asking people why they're oh white, God. Karen. <laughs> okay. Exactly. This is... <laughs> To, not to change the subject too drastically, but I do oh, think this is it. the ringtone song I was thinking of because I played it for a second and I feel like maybe this is a hot take, but the, the beat of it is kind of like a do, 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 you know, like, a, like a default iTunes, but I like it. I'm or like this, this Skype video call. Yeah. Oh yeah. yes. That's what that is. Boop, boop, boop. Oh God. Um, yeah. <laughs> and honestly, that's uh, really all I have to say about this album. I listened to it so you don't have to. <laughs> I will say this about it. I wasn't thrilled about it, but I had some writing to do today and it served as background to that perfectly fine. You know what I mean? It's it's agreeable. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was I was working well listening to too and like honestly, I I guess I should say this. I should put this in a more positive light. This was way better than I was expecting. Oh, yeah. Because okay. I did come in with like expectations of an actual true piece of garbage. When anytime an actor puts <laughs> their name on a piece of music, yeah, you have to realistically set the expectations low, yeah. right? And like, I didn't look up who uh, produced it, but I was thinking if he produced it, it could be terrible because I don't know if he knows fucking anything about production. <laughs> well, that's uh, what I was going to ask. So, what did okay. Idris Elba literally do? I will confess ignorance to like even EDM artists, producers. I don't know what they do. Like, I'm not sure what's going. Like, how much they are sampling other people's music, or how much, you, and that's the art of it. Is like, look at how I put this together. Did Idris Elba make these beats? Did he curate these beats? Do we know? Let's let's get into this. I'm going to try and find his uh, Wikipedia. Oh my god. Awesome. Let's see if it mentions. Ooh, his middle name is Akuna. Oh, hello. Yeah, I always feel like pr- like production credits are sort of nebulous. It's, yeah, like you said, like are you actually like making beats? Are you in the studio like setting up microphones? Like, are you recording these? Like, <laughs> yeah. what do you what what is it you say that you do? Like, whoa, what he co-produced and performed on the intro to Jay Z's album American Gangster. Damn. He DJed at the 2007 NBA All-Star Parties at the Venetian and Ice House Lounge in Las Vegas. Apparently, he does music. Okay. Good for him. I will say, this album was less funny to listen to at work than uh, Toxicity. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting in my cubicle, uh, doing Excel spreadsheets, listening to Toxicity made me laugh a lot harder. (laughs) You just sitting there like they're trying to build a prison. <laughs> yeah, and I'm looking around <laughs> doing my here's, reports. <laughs> here's the one last thing I want to say about what Idris Elba may have uh, given to this. Uh, in the music career section of his Wikipedia mm-hmm. article, <laughs> it does not talk about this album. That's the album fresh. ends at the beginning of 2019. The album, the the section ends at the beginning of 2019. Yeah, I mean, this album came out on July 5th. Yeah, but like he's famous and it's Wikipedia. You think the Wikipedia like Wikipedia says editors are just like clamoring Alien movie for fourteen years now. Like (laughs) you'd think they would have caught wind of this album that did come out. Like they got on their Slack channel and they're like, "Oh shit, Idris Elba's producing an album (laughs) to Wikipedia." The Wikipedia elves, they get everything done. (laughs) The tiny elves do it. I guess I have to do it. They all jump on like individual keys because they're so small. That's exactly what happens. 
That's adorable. And they sing while they do it. They sing a song <laughs> in unison. Andrew, no what harmonies. is your arbitrary uh, rating? I think that this was better than I expected. Um, honestly, it put itself right in the uncanny valley of like, I didn't really like it, but I was surprised that it was better than, you know, yeah. I feel like this is going to be like an IGN review. Like, <laughs> this gets an 8 out of 10, <laughs> right. because that's the lowest score anything ever gets. Yeah. Um, I would give it uh, probably, I'm trying to think of any Idris Elba thing that I could reference, but. I would say <laughs> an shot of a Yardie. Yeah, let's do that. Which is a actually foot of a yard like, would be like thirty-three percent. Yeah, what is an inch of a yardie? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Two. Oh, I give it two feet. Two th- we'll call it two thirds of a yardie. <laughs> um, so yeah, that w- that was that. I-, I think we should take a quick break, and then come back and talk about some of these cool. uh, albums that our guest brought. What yes, do you think? Let's do that. Hey everybody, Nick here. Uh, Thank you for listening to episode 36 of Something Old, Something New, Something Borrowed, Something Brewed. Gonna keep it brief so you can get back to the show. Uh, For part one, the first part of the recording of this episode, uh, we had a little bit of a technical snafu, um, which is why Mark's mic sounded a little weird, but we got it all taken care of, so that's why it sounds a little bit different in the second half, or at least, you know, after the first 20 minutes. So, uh, speaking of Mark, uh, I'd like to thank Mark and Jeremy from the Hard Times, Hard Drive, Super Mario Brothers, Super Show Show podcast for joining us, being willing participants in this little experiment we call podcasting. Uh, they were great. They were super fun to talk to, and uh, I hope you're enjoying it as much as I did recording it and editing it as we speak. Uh, if you like the show, if you like what we're doing, you can find us on iTunes, uh, something old, something new, something borrowed, something brewed. If you want to throw us a review, throw us a, a one out of five star rating, that's one out of five, like the range, not review us one out of five, unless you feel like you want to do that, in which case, who hurt you? Do we do we need to talk about it? Anyway, you can find us on social media at Facebook, uh, something old, something new, something borrowed, something brewed. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at SOSNSBSB podcast. Our website is also SOSNSBSB podcast. Those are all uh, also linked in the description, which I figured out how to embed text to go to websites. Isn't the internet amazing? So without further ado, uh, here's an ad for probably another episode podcast. I try to alternate those. Uh, So there's that. And then uh, the second half of the show. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. So there was some debate earlier as to which album would fit into the Something Borrowed segment and which one would fit into Brood, better or worse. Uh, So I'm I'm honestly not entirely sure what's coming up next. (laughs) (laughs) So if someone wants to just take the reins and introduce their segment, <laughs> I say go for it. <laughs> it's Mark, right? Mark? Hey. Are you, is it your, your borrowed time, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are go. professionals. The, the thing happened. I'm sorry. The thing happened. I was outside for a second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great timing. So it sounds like we're talking about... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>
Oh. All right, so rounding out the Something Borrowed portion, we are talking about the album Brainless God by Direct Hit. Um, take it away. <laughs> well, uh, I brought, I, this is uh, Mark talking. Hello, hi. I, uh, this is uh, an album that I got really into when it came out, and I joke with Jeremy a lot about just becoming an old man that stopped listening to new music, so it's really one of the last albums that super got into my brain, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But um, it's this cool punk rock. They're, uh, uh, Direct Hit is a pop punk band from uh, Milwaukee, I do believe. They have made a couple of really... I mean, I like everything they've put out that I've heard. Uh, Brainless God is a sort of concept album that is about the looming end of the world. And I just like it. It really just exists. It reminds me a lot of that movie, Seeking a Friend for the mm-hmm. End of the World, where it's not about people trying to stop the end of the world. Mm-hmm. It's just this cool, almost like anthology of short stories of what do a bunch of people, different people do as like the final moments. Like the first thing that happens is the president uh, gets on the line and says like, uh, basically apologizes and says, yeah, we're all going to die soon. And then it's a hoot from there. <laughs> but no, it's like, and it's still, it's this cool thing of an album that um, it, it, I don't, eat, there's probably still things I pick up on. Like, oh, I think this character from this song is also in this one. And it kind of skips around and does some things. But along the way, it really, um, it tells a lot of really cool little small human stories. And it also sort of tells this bigger picture of heaven and hell and, 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 and people fighting for their souls in and out of, it almost reminds me, I'm a big fan of like the Preacher comic book, how it kind of walks these two lines of, you know, there's just like love stories and, and again, just like human element things, but then also this bigger like cosmic God stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's all done from this point of view of sort of like uh, if there is a God, fuck him kind of thing, which mm-hmm. I think is like a super cool um, uh, vibe. Not that I, that's something I'm like super outspoken about necessarily, but it is just like it's just a very interesting place to set an album. I think I, I joked before about like. You know, but I've always felt a certain way about all these songs where people are just screaming about something, and then you listen to it and you go, "What is it like a girl? You're mad about like a girl or something?" Okay. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Like, not that that's not valid, not that I don't like a lot of those songs, but like these, like, there's certain parts on here where like they're like literally screaming, like you know, it's a guy singing about how he wants to see his loved, uh, you know, his his loved one one more time before they die. So it just feels like something that's worth going to these angry uh, places and shit like mm-hmm. that. But um, so yeah, I just think it's. It's ambitious, but it's like even if you didn't pick up on all the lyrics, which is easy because it's like this rough around the edges punk album, it's all the songs and stuff just work. It's really a cool, you know, all these songs are like some are catchier than others, some are more hardcore leaning than others. Uh, so it's all very much a punk rock album, but it kind of like goes uh, a few different places here and there. I don't know. I'd be curious to know what um, you guys thought of it. I, not to be pretentious, but I'm going to guess that none of you had heard it prior. Correct. I, ha- yeah, I had not heard of this before. Um, uh, in listening to it, I really, um, the flow of the, like the way that the tracks like went in and out of the, like the, the, the way that they transitioned, like mm-hmm. sometimes I didn't even know that like the song had switched. Yeah. I mean, it, I, yeah. I was really impressed with it as a concept album because it did a thing that reminded me a lot of, I don't know, like Les Mis where it uses the same musical motifs like in and out of different songs and as segues and in different contexts, which at first I didn't realize I wasn't listening the closest. And so I didn't realize we were basically listening to a story all the way through. And I thought it was kind Mm -hmm. of lazy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. They're just out of ideas. (laughs) But like after like listening to it a little more intently and realizing why they were doing that, I I thought it was actually really cool and well structured. 
which is not something yeah, I've ever like said they about use pop, like pop the oddling saying yeah. me- uh, melody and even just like the phrase on and on and on mm-hmm. kind of comes through and stuff like that and there are just yeah like definitely that's, that's interesting it's like a theatrical yeah. thing but again it's like Jeremy brought up American Idiot yeah. before it's like it's a little less like, hey, I'm being a concept album over here. You know, it's just, it is, it is just like, it's 12 songs. I don't know if any of them are over like three or four minutes or anything like that. You know, um, it just moves like an album. But then it's like, like I said, I still listen. I listened to it today and was like looking up some of the lyrics and be like, oh, like I said, like, I think this is the character from this one. And right. Stuff. It just, yeah. yeah like, there's a lot to it. I there's think. a lot of like replay value. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did you guys mm-hmm. watch the video? Did you no, see that? No, I haven't. I looked it up on YouTube when I first watched, because I, I listened to it on my phone, but originally I was watching it on YouTube, and there's like a whole DVD video that goes with it. They made, yeah, I've not even seen all of it, but they made a, a video for each song, I oh, think, really? when it came out. So they really did do the ambitious thing totally. Wow. Yeah. Which is, to me, you know, it's really cool, but it's, that occupies a space in my brain that just seems so not punk. Like, it seems so, <laughs> it seems so not <laughs> punk to like, there's an accompanying short film for this album. <laughs> but at the same time, that like makes it more punk because <laughs> yeah. Cuz this isn't this isn't like I can't think of who did that recently. It's not Beyoncé. Oh, you're talking about Tom York did that. Tom York, the Bash he really... Brothers. Who? The Lonely Island had the Bash Brothers. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be the thing. It's like you Yardy. drop you drop an album that you didn't tell anyone about, and then suddenly there's like a short film for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I, no, yeah, I don't the Yardy one was a good call. That one was weird because none of the songs are in it, and it's way longer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's wild. Yeah, it's like it's like the yeah. the, the galaxy brain meme. It's like I heard that if you um listen to the Yardy mixtape <laughs> while watching Yardy, <laughs> it lines up. In, it, it lines up in place. You have to start it when the the MGM yeah. lion roars for the third time. <laughs> Yeah, and then it ends super early. Well, it's yeah, like, that's like the Galaxy Brain meme, though. It's like, uh, you know, <laughs> release an album and then a film right afterwards. And then, like, the Galaxy Brain is like, release a movie. And then 11 <laughs> months later, release a mixtape that with none of the songs inspired the by film. the movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, uh, Let's throw a clip. I, I It's... It's funny what you said about the um, it not being that punk because like as a huge fan of this album, I've known about the film and just always kind of mm-hmm. been. Nah, I think I'm good. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. What should we? What do you think we should listen to first to introduce the listeners at home or wherever they are uh, to this? Um, how long of a clip do you play? Just about like, thirty to forty-five like 30? seconds. Yeah. But sometimes um, I can play a little longer. I, I think just like the the number two track, "The World Is Ending, No One Cares," because that's like. The first one's like intro, intro. This the first one is like uh, very kind of on the nose lyrics about mm-hmm. like what are the first lines like? You know, you're all in abomination, and in an hour you'll be meeting in hell. Da, 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 da. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, th- I would think that's a good one Did to you dive say. In abomination. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I always thought it was abomination, but this is art. We can interpret it however <laughs> we see fit. That's that's the unheard story of this yeah. album. This is actually a exactly. this is actually a super far right leaning album. Oh god! <laughs> I know. What, what if we dive into it? And I'm like, oh, that's why I don't watch the film. <laughs> when did it come out? It's just like it's like 2013. Oh, okay. Straight up swastikas. What oh, the hell? Shit! Oh, I yeah, got us wow, again. Yeah. Uh, All right. Yep. Yeah, they wrote it as a response to Obama's reelection in 2012. <laughs> The timeline is accurate. 
Yes. How can we relate this oh, to 9-11? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? All right. Here is a clip from The World is Ending, No One Cares, from Direct Hits album, Brainless God. Yeah, I think the album, so on top of just, like, there's a lot of care put into, like, I think, you know, like, the story and the lyrics and the different ways to sort of express it. With that, too, it, look, it is just, like, it's a pop punk, it's a three-chord mm-hmm. album, they're not reinventing the wheel musically, but there's, like, a lot of care, there's a lot of great melodies and backing vocals and, like, keyboard parts here and there where they need be, or do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just think it's it's just it's it's just dense for a punk album in, in the best way, I think. I was saying oh, yeah, earlier the- that they sound a lot to me like uh, the Dopamines, and I really like the Dopamines, but they're, like... All their so- like if you've heard one of their songs, you've kind of heard them all. Like they're all kind of like I'm sad and girls uh, don't like me that much. And it's cool to hear like <laughs> that voice, but like about literally anything. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. And oh, sorry. And I like it. I'm always fascinated by a concept album when it comes together. Because, like, you hear about, uh, uh, you know, you hear, bands talk about albums like, oh, we wrote 20 songs and we recorded uh, and then we kept these 12. Like, there has to, you have to just really get it right to be like, each part of this is a thing. I wrote it as such. And, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe there's songs that got cut that I didn't know about. You know what I mean? But even so, like, for all of this to, like, be conceived and then executed is just impressive to me. Right. And I, th- I think, like, when you're going at it from a concept album, it's less just like, Here's a here's a bunch of songs that we wrote and like threw against the wall and let's see what sticks. Like with Toxicity, mm-hmm. they wrote like thirty something songs and then whittled it down to fourteen. Yeah. But it's like there's not really a cohesive narrative there. Where like mm-hmm. when you're doing a concept album, it's like this is the story. <coughs> yeah, you have to make something yeah. to fit instead of make right. something good that stands on its own, which is something that and, we historically that give like, bonus points really to albums The second for. to last song, uh, like if, at the end, you hear albums, a huge explosion, and then the last song is about a group of the characters literally like storming the gates of heaven and telling Peter that they're not going to stand for this shit. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's uh, it's ridiculous and amazing, and I just like that they don't they don't shy away from the concept. No one fucking saves the day or anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so it's like it's, this sucks. We're all going to hell. Just like it's a go. great concept. The world is ending, and it's not. We need to send the rock into space. Um, yeah, I like how there's like the sort of overarching thing of just sort of what humanity is doing, what the angels and above are doing to deal with it. And then, like I said, there's like these little snapshots. What, uh, it's a great album because I think most of the songs have been my favorite song at some point. You know, you know what I mean? I just sort of, <laughs> this time it's this one, but oh, hell yeah. I like, uh, getting what he asked for a lot. It's just this quick tale of a woman who's in an abusive relationship and decides to kill her lover before the end of the world. <laughs> Cause fuck it, you know? <laughs> and there's just like and even it's even in there about like he has like like you know it's very literary he describes like these quick moments of like the look of confusion on his face like why would you even bother you know <laughs> like you know but then like the closing image of her smoking a cigarette next to his dead body as the fucking bomb comes down like oh i just think it's also cool it's so good <laughs> yeah there's like the line about like she he shouldn't be able to see what the ending is like so like she's not she's like not even gonna let him see the end of the world like yes she's not gonna let him get there so yeah it's yeah it's great it's like the apocalypse is happening, but happening. But you know what? I'm gonna kill mm-hmm. you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, one of the real joys of this album is the fucked up things that become like hummable, like really catchy melodies. Like cut him up, cut him up with a hacksaw. In his blood, in his blood, where she'll end up. <laughs> like yeah, it's talking about. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm just gonna end up ashes and dust in his fucking blood in a minute. <laughs> <It's so good>. <laughs> <laughs> Can well, you explain yeah. something to me, Mark? What, so is it a? It's a giant bomb. They make several references like, to being a bomb. Yes, I think it's an atomic. Bomb. How is the world ending? <laughs> yeah, because it sounds like they they keep mentioning a bomb, but I don't get like what that means. You well, know what here's I mean? a hot take: maybe politicians did it. 
Ooh. What was that? I'm sorry. <laughs> so Mark's a ghost. Uh, Did we lose Mark again? The bomb got me. Oh, the bomb got him. The bomb got him. Yeah. So what is what is the bomb? You know, I don't know. I think I don't know if that's part of the artistic thing. Is just like all of us on the ground. Maybe we don't even know what the thing is. It's just the fucking whether it's the stupid god up in heaven or the stupid powers that be in our political world mm-hmm. or something. We're doomed uh, through hands other than ours. I've wondered about that myself. Mm-hmm. The b- opening thing is the president gets on the makes a like a public broadcast thing that uh, apologizes. He apologizes and resigns. So it's almost like he feels somehow responsible maybe or something you know gotcha right and it's like i don't know at the, well when the like literal apocalypse is hand is happening it's almost like it doesn't even matter yeah. like like yeah you can blame whoever you want but like the the matter of fact is like this is the situation that we're in mm-hmm. yeah and it does just i think like i said it tells a lot of human stories but it really just points to a lot of you know, if you choose to view them as like the hypocrisies of religion and, and and things like that, and there's lines about, you know, it's assuming it's kind of just saying what kind of God would let this sort of shit happen, and that's all there. If you want it to be again, if you want it to be a punk rock banger, it's that too. I think it's uh, yeah, <laughs> right. Like it's easily not, and like not to discredit it, but it's easily you know you can put it on, mm-hmm. kind of drive around absolutely or if you're listening in your car, and it's just like oh yeah, I can like tap my fingers on the driving on the steering yeah, wheel to this, yeah. well, you know. Pop punk can be just like a dirty thing to call something. I know. But like, yeah. that's what this is. Yeah, yeah very much. So. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. This is the same genre as Blink 182, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, <clears throat> for for the album that I bring in, I try my best not to read reviews um, so that my thoughts aren't, you know, tainted by those plebs' opinions. Of course. But, um,. I do look up re- the general reviews for guest albums because I want to know, like, when this came out, what did people think about it? Mm-hmm. And I think that this album's in a really unique place where the only people who cared to write reviews were just like 120% into <laughs> it. Like, <laughs> a line oh, that I great. read was that this is, uh, this is, they masterfully weave between the pitfalls of doing a pop punk album to create a masterpiece in their own right. Ooh, it was like, wow, sick. Yeah, and that was by the bassist of Direct Hit. <laughs> yeah. And that's by Jared. <laughs> Jared on Goodreads. Or not Goodreads, I don't know. Medium, I don't know. Uh, um, do you have another clip that we can throw at the audience? And then uh, we can maybe move on to a little bit of Jeff Rosenstock. A good one to go out to. Yeah. It'd be cool to play something towards the end as the end was more looming, you know? Like, uh, I don't know. I told you a lie is a good one. I like that. I think the, the and that's the other thing too, is I think, um, you know, it's all kind of singing and screaming, but like by the end, I told you a lie when he starts and says, uh, it's kind of awkward to admit that I've been less than forthright when I implied that I was ready. It's like his voice just sounds like someone who's panicking about the end of the world. Like, I like that too. There's like a perform, like that's almost like to speak to that review you just read where it's like, wow, they found a way to make pop punk feel like Les Mis and performative, but it works. You know what I mean? Like right. he's, he's like performing in a way, like acting almost, but voicing these characters. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, 
see, yeah, I like that. I like. I told you a lie. I like Back to the Tower though too. I don't know. Ooh, <laughs> like I said, man, I rotate around. I'm like a pain in the ass. Um. Um. Yeah, play Back to the Tower because that's talking about going up to St. Peter's Tower and facing judgment. So that one's a little more thematically, I think, on point. Sure. All right. So here is Back to the Tower by Direct Hit on the album Brainless God. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess I guess my take on this album is fairly. I guess it's almost like my system of a down take in that, um, like, the more that you've talked about this band and the more that I've learned about it, it it almost seems like they're like a a. Again, it's not. I don't mean it as a negative connotation, but like a wolf in sheep's clothing in the sense that like they they are punk rock, but they're like not of punk rock. Like you said, they're in the same like grouping as like Blink-182 and like maybe no discredit to them, but like that's more, I guess, like work sucks, I know, like girls don't like me, etc. Where it's Mm -hmm. like they they fit in with this genre. Well, you're not going to put all (laughs) of Blink-182 into their early work, are you? (laughs) (laughs) But it's like... it's about being 23. (laughs) (laughs) They they, they fit into this genre. real. And like, I could walk in and hear this at Hot Topic, you know. Yeah. But it's like... Spencer's Gifts. Yeah. But it's like there's a little more substance to it Uh than maybe their contemporaries. I'd say so. I think that's why I want to talk about it six years later as opposed to, you know. (laughs) Hell yeah. All right. Uh, It is customary and parting thoughts to give an arbitrary number scale rating (laughs) to the album. Uh, I mean, you know, I just picked the the album I most felt like talking about, so I picked an absolute 10 out of 10 for me. Oh, shit. There you go. Hell yeah. Nice. Love it. I love it. And so that brings us to, I guess, Borrowed Part 2. (laughs) that's what we'll call it and we're talking worry by jeff rosenstock we've talked about jeff rosenstock on the show before Mm -hmm. and a couple related acts Mm -hmm. so this is very much in our wheelhouse of what we normally pick to talk about (laughs) (laughs) hey man i gave you guys a few options you guys i don't i don't you know jeff rosenstock he's like kind of cool but if that's Mm -hmm. what you guys want to talk about no i'm like obsessed with jeff rosenstock (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like a real problem. It, yeah. I have a friend who, so I have several friends who saw Bomb the Music Industry in like mm-hmm. middle school and then set them on a course for yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my friends will like road trip across the country to see Laura Stevenson shows. That's cool. Yeah. And it's, it's, so Jeff Rosenstein is a big name in these parts. <laughs> yeah, <man. laughs> These parts. Yeah. The, I mean, the, I grew up in Long Island, and um, so I was, like, one town over from all that, like, Jeff Rosenstock stuff. And I had a few friends that were, like, really into all the, like, bomb music industry stuff when I was in, like, middle school and early high school. And I just... Mm-hmm. Didn't take the bait for some reason, and I didn't <laughs> listen to it. And then, you know, like, maybe that's in college, good, Maybe is that's it, good. <laughs> is it great? Is it? I don't know. It's an but, opposite. Um, it's an opposite garden state. Yeah. <laughs> garden state. <laughs> the garden state effect is when you watch a movie, not when it came out, and everyone mm-hmm. feels nostalgic and good about it. And then you watch it, and it's like, this is garbage. Right. <laughs> yeah, you get the opposite that effect. You didn't listen That's to true. it when it came out, so you get opposite That's nostalgia. True. I think <laughs> um, I started listening to it around when like Vacation came out, which is uh, mm-hmm. the final uh, Bomb the Music Industry album. Gotcha, gotcha. 
Um, but yeah. So tell us about this album. What do you, what do you feel? Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> no, I, I really love this album. I haven't listened to it in a little while. I, when it first came out, I listened to it a little too much. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, as you do, you got to stop because it's like, I, I can't, there's other albums out there, mm-hmm. but, um, no, I really, just like listen to I really, it you know, every word and then you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Then once you've downloaded it into your fucking skull, you're just like, I don't need to listen. It's there. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I think, uh, I really love the music industry and I think that worry is his like the, the really great solo album that maybe is like better than all the other stuff that came before it. Like, I think a lot of people usually like, you know, solo stuff. They don't, they think it's like not as good. It's not as great. But like, I think this is the one that like might actually be better. Mm. Oh, okay. Interesting. I really love it. I saw a, um, a a review for this one as well. That was like, Mm -hmm. this is Jeff Rosenstock's magnum opus. He didn't need a magnum opus, but he made one anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's so good. And I just like, it's really cool because I think um, I, I'm someone who like really likes to buy into musicians. Like, I don't like getting into musicians. If I haven't heard it, like, if it's old, even if it's great, like, I'm not, I don't love getting into, like, bands that have stopped playing because I like buying into, like, the mythology of them. Mm-hmm. So following along as yeah. it kind of unfolds. And it's really yeah. fun because Jeff Rosenstock is from, like, the town that I grew up in, like one town over. And then now he's like a New York guy. So it's cool to be like, Oh, you know, the single on this album is uh, wave Goodnight to me, which is about like gentrification in Brooklyn specifically. And it's about like very specifically, it's about death by audio, which is a venue that used to be in Williamsburg where mm-hmm. I've seen Jeff Rosenstock play. Like it's cool oh my to God. know that like it closed down and he was bummed about it. And I know that, that a, the song is that. That is a really cool connection. Mm-hmm. I wondered about that. I listened to the album. I've heard it before, but when I listened to it in the context of of this and, and it being your album, Jeremy, I was oh, like, yeah. "Wow!" Like the New York stuff. It just probably gives you more. To, like, and you just proved that it did. But I did think about that, where it's like, "Wow!" As much as I relate to this, Jeremy's fucking over there yeah. and knows what these songs are about. <laughs> sure enough, <laughs> uh, my father Pietro is, of course, sixty years old. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy does something weird every night. <laughs> Yeah, I do. I, I do though. I like how personal he gets. Like that song, um, I did something weird last night. Is about him like hooking up with a girl, but it's not just like uh, a girl. It's like I. He said online that it's specifically like the first time he made out with his current wife, who like works the merch table at his shows. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I think is cool about this album, whether it was intentional or not, or if it was just these are just the songs he wrote that year or whatever. But it seems to be like this. Obviously, it's right up front, his kind of dealing with, I'm in my 30s, what happens yeah. now, that's kind of stuff that, that we all deal with, obviously. But it's like all these things ending, wave goodbye to me, like yeah. these parts, like the, the, the city's evolving into something he doesn't recognize, mm-hmm. and sort of ending in a way, but he's also getting married along the way. So it is this, like, really, there's these, like, themes through there of, like, endings and beginnings. It's all pretty cool. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and this is the first time I've heard this as a married man, and I re- like I like the song June twenty first a lot. A little bit of poking around told me that was you know not only is it the summer solstice, but it was the day he got married, and he's talking about is know, it the day he got uh, married? Jeff Rosen's- That's what the internet tells me. So absolutely one hundred percent. Yes, <laughs> the story I know on that is that um, Chris Gethard, comedian Chris Gethard, and Jeff Rosenstock were working on a musical together, and. Mm-hmm. They both got too busy and they never finished it. And June twenty first is the one song that Jeff had finished for the musical, so he huh. threw it in the album. Interesting, interesting. Huh. I just—it sounds like uh, 
finding someone and it's, you know, we got through the winter and it'll be 84 degrees always now. I took that as like a nuptial yeah. thing, you know, yeah. but as a guy who got married to the love of his life and left Michigan for Arizona, <laughs> I choose to take <laughs> these lyrics all very literally. It's 110 <laughs> degrees yes, forever. It's, you know, oh my I God, I would fucking kill for 84. But I do understand that personal experience really <laughs> tying in there. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, ah, yes, you yeah, It's a weather thing. I get it. <laughs> I totally get it. Yeah, you you, you get married, you move somewhere to degrees. Weren't you listening? That's what the song's about. <laughs> Moving to the warmth. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we should we should throw our throw sure. our audience into a clip. Um, is this the first clip? It is. We should have done one by now. <laughs> All right. Let's listen to a clip. Uh, do you want me to pick one or you guys got one? You should uh, pick one. Yeah, pick one. Uh, uh, festival song. That's a fun one. Stands alone. <laughs> All right. So here is a festival song. By Jeff Rosenstock on the album Worry. <laughs> I really like this album. I hadn't like listened to this album uh, before this, and it, it I, uh, was quick and punchy and fun. I actually own a copy of this on vinyl because uh, what? a friend of the show, Trevor, um, yeah. he good subscribed guy. to a... Uh, Trevor is a good guy. Trevor, good. Tre- Trevor uh Donated to oh yeah that's a fun story. AJJ in a Kickstarter or whatever and got them to cover the final cut by Pink Floyd <laughs> and that is just one of my favorite things to exist yeah. in the world and that's all thanks to Trevor yeah Trevor put us in Very contact cool. with Mark Glick wow. another Mark from Arizona who's the cellist for I AJJ know Mark Glick. yeah so we had him on the show actually Mark we went to see AJJ together. What is that right? At what? the um, was that the Magic Stick? Yes, like in 2013 right. or 2014. Oh, my yeah. friends were yeah. at that show. Yeah, nice. there was like a bunch not of Lansing comedians cool. and then me and Trevor. And like, the, hey, we're all out here now. Me, Sean, and Mark Glick. The only reason that I was even at that show was because Trevor donated a ludicrous amount of money to their uh, Kickstarter. So <laughs> let's let's cool. take it home on uh, on Mr. Jeffrey Rosenstock sure. here. Uh, uh, yeah. I like that you guys played festival song. There's a great if you didn't see him play it at that song at the Pitchfork Festival. Yes. It's a great video on top of just performance and also just this level of like surrealness mm-hmm. of like these lyrics hap- like when he sings about like looking out to like the skyline with all the ads on it or yeah. whatever. <laughs> just watch. It's a very odd and unique and cool like rock and roll moment. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, he fucking rules, man. He's uh, he rules. He's so good. And I. Th- I think with festival song and just a lot of the stuff on this album, on top of the other themes I was talking about, it's a really cool, like, this is how to be punk rock in 2016 and not in a sonic way, but just like, I know it's overwhelming and I know it's hard to fight the good fight when you have an iPhone in your pocket and you've, you, it's easy mm-hmm. to already feel defeated, you know, mm-hmm. like, what can I do? But he sings about all that stuff in like a relatable and, and palpable way that I really dig. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, we reviewed Post uh, like last was it a year ago? Like whenever it came out, right yeah. when it came out, we reviewed mm-hmm. post and just like the the, the first track, mm-hmm. uh, the second track, I guess technically, but it's just like <laughs> tired and bored. Yeah, it's like that. That I feel like that resonates. Yeah, so mm-hmm. well. Yeah, well, I mean, like I'm like a diehard Jeff Rosenstock fan, so I'm like in the pocket. But I, what I like about this album is that I feel like it's political in such a cool, interesting way, and I think that post is really, really great. But it's not as good to me because it's like very much like a dang, that Donald Trump is president and things are bad now album. And like a lot yeah. of the songs are like very obvious. And I really like that this one is, I don't know, it's a little more specific and um, I don't know, like more local. Yeah. It's very personal. Yeah. 
which I know it's kind of redundant. Like that's that's kind of Jeff Rosenstock's thing, but very much so. I think it's all tied together, the sort of micro and yeah. the macro on this. And one. there's something about the New York references that, even though I don't get them the way that you might, is c- cool to hear in music because it's really personifying and like world building it's a real world that we do live in but it's kind of world building of like Mm -hmm. here's a very specific detail about a thing and you would have no idea about this unless you did and if you do then it's for you it just kind of builds to the whole thing for me and that's like a a thing that we've dealt with uh, going back to the other point about like this this versus post like We've reviewed albums, like newer albums from, I guess you could say it was like in a post-Trump era. And it's like mm-hmm. the the people's, like musicians' responses to that have not always been great. Like yeah, we, a, a lot of the times it does seem very on the nose, very right. like, and like more more subtlety, I guess, or more. Um, and it's, it's hard. I'll tie back into that Rosenstock thing about how do you fight the good fight when it's easy to feel defeated. Yeah. Some of, it's like. Mm. Yeah, you're saying the same things as everyone else, and that's boring, but also those are the things that we need to be hearing. Yeah. It's such a weird thing, right? Where, like, our president is so bad, it's become hacky to make fun yeah. of him. It's, it's a son <laughs> of a bitch. I don't know what to do about it. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'll, I'll talk about political alignments ever so slightly. I'm a big fan of Bernie Sanders, and mm-hmm. one of the biggest talking points post debates was Bernie's saying the same things as last time boring right. and it's like th- it, it's the same fucking issues as last time like yeah. it's, the, it's not yeah. like these things have gone away yeah. it's the same goddamn things yeah and 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 plus like wasn't he sort of like the Marvin Barry of it all like everyone's fucking doing that now yeah yeah exactly <laughs> oh. like if I could say it in back to the future I feel like <laughs> right. oh man um, I guess it'd be the Marty McFly that played it and then Marvin Barry. So, no, no, no. So, everyone else is Marvin Barry and Chuck we, Berry. <laughs> Bernie Sanders is, yeah, Marty McFly. Sorry. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so, um, yes. should we grab one more clip off of sure. Worry before we It's a little on? tricky because the whole back half of it is kind of like a big medley um, mm-hmm. where like all the songs mm-hmm. like blend into each other. And uh, which is great. Yeah. Oh, w- w- before we do it, I w- real quick, when I when this album came out, I saw Jeff Rosenstock live, and he just played the whole second half of it in a row, and it was really fucking cool. Does oh, he own man. his own? Uh, like, is he self published? Um, I believe these came out on Side One Dummy, which is like not him, mm. but he oh. releases it all for free to download on his own thing. Damn. I don't know if he, I don't know if like the, like the vinyls are like if, him. If it was his recording. I think he has someone do the vinyl and then the website was always quote unquote records, which right. I think is a tongue in cheek. Like we're not actually records. Right. We're just a website. But I think that might be like, his, I think like if you buy like a Bond the Music Industry album, like he's sending it to you. Mm-hmm. Oh, and wow. There's like a Jeff Rosenstock meme group that I'm, look, I'm, I'm all in on it. <laughs> he's in. Someone was saying in the meme groups, like you're, you're indoctrinated. Ago, <laughs> someone said a few days ago in that group that, they one time when they bought like years ago bought a bond the music industry album and they got the wrong one so they called like the help desk and it it was just jeff like on vacation like it was just his phone (laughs) that is i'm on vacation hi i didn't get vacation (laughs) (laughs) i feel like then because what i was gonna say is if it's his own recording label um they're not gonna sue us 
and we can just play longer than 30 seconds. Oh, Dude, yeah. fair use uh-huh. laws fair are, use so laws are stupid. I don't even know what's going on. Here's a quick one-two on fair use laws for listeners, if you haven't heard us say it before. Uh, they're not defined at all. It says yeah. you can't use too much of a thing, and you can't take up too much of your time playing that thing, which is completely up to a judge's discretion. Yeah, and we're not going to tell you the parameters of any of that shit. Yeah. But, you know, just don't do too much. It's all opinion-based, <laughs> which... And it's it's wild. Oh, yeah. my God. Which is why we're not on Spotify yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Just preventatively scared of, like, Universal suing us. And then, like, the fuck no, are we going to do? Like, <laughs> Although, if Jeff Rosenstock called me to tell me that he was suing me, that'd be pretty punk rock. Like, I wouldn't... That would be it. insane. He calls Actually, me when I'm yet. on vacation, and he's like, hey, by the way, you used too much of my clip. Let's but. play, like, three minutes <laughs> yeah. of Jeff Rosenstock and, su- <laughs> like, sue us. We're already trying to get sued by Tom York. That's, <laughs> oh, that's, that'd be good for you guys. That'd be big news. That'd be a huge break. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be All expensive, right. but... <laughs> Here is yeah. something off the back half. Yeah, let's, let's throw them away. Or do you guys yeah, go, yeah, for, yeah, go it. for it. Uh, While You're Alive is my favorite song on the album. Hell yeah. All right, so here is While You're Alive from Jeff Rosenstock on the album Worry. That was kind of a heavy one, huh? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. The the rules of the podcast that we used to share with everyone before and then we should have today is that if you say something interesting uh, outside of recording time and then don't immediately say it when Nick claps, I will steal it. <laughs> I will right. say your things yeah. at game. the time where it counts. <laughs> What's your right as a host? <laughs> Squatter's uh, rights. Squatter's rights? Yeah. You're in my house. What are you doing? Oh, yeah, shit. It is your house. Nick. You should. <laughs> so, Rosenstock, good. Good. Yeah. Do you want to give us uh, some sort of arbitrary number rating for this guy? You want me to give you a rating? Yeah. yeah. Ah, it's like a three out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> the reverse IGN. In, yeah. It's you know, you played the clip lot, and I didn't like it. Thought it was actually kind of bad. Yeah. Why did I pick this album? <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about uh, Camp again, Childish Gambino. <laughs> <Or beat. laughs> uh, no, I don't know. I love this album. It's great. It's ten out of ten. Hell yeah, it's a it's a three out of ten in the the SpongeBob sarcasm meme font where it's just <laughs> uppercase lowercase uppercase lowercase. <laughs> so this is taking us to our final segment of the show, which is something brewed, uh, where having Nick and I in Michigan, and then y'all in Pacific time, to- like the not the I was gonna say the West Coast, but Arizona's totally not coastal. Um, <laughs> out west and out east, uh, mm-hmm. we didn't really get a beer coordinated, which is fine. So let's do just a quick little beer segment. What do you guys like? What do you What do you like drinking? Do you drink beer? I like beer. Do you like beer? Um, I was saying when we were off mic that I I have some Sierra Nevadas in my fridge, but they're not the the IPA. It's the the summer one, and it's not as good. Oh, celebration. I think it's just like uh, like Sierra Nevada Summer Ale or something. Oh, okay. It's blue. Oh. It's got a blue label on it. I don't have it in front of me. Nice. Sierra Nevada is uh, pretty good. I have actually... It's a beer review. 
I've been drinking a lot less since I moved out of the Midwest, and I'm not sure that's a coincidence. Um, it is, you know, <laughs> not being saturated by craft beer at every single turn. <laughs> it's a little different, yeah. Uh, but that being said, now this thing has happened where a Michigan beer is a nice little like, hey, a two-hearted, a taste of home, you know right. what I mean? So the yeah, um, so it's few few and far between. But yeah, I do just like out here, just like grabbing a Michigan beer here and there, and it, overall too, I just like. Uh, I guess I like a lot of porters and stouts and things like that. Nice. Right. <clears throat> uh, I feel yeah. that. Hell yeah. Nick and I were at a, a show last night, both had an Imperial Stout. Oh. That's like... Mm. Ah. So at, at the venue we were at, a beer 10% and above gets put in a smaller cup, but sure. this beer was 96 which is oh, yeah. so we, nice. we had some... you got to find that sweet spot of like maximum alcohol doesn't always mean uh apb right mm-hmm. or whatever it is abv yeah, right? yeah. Not, not the police AP, AP. <laughs> <laughs> we got an apb out on a apb out on the strongest beer um, <laughs> but right it's that sweet spot of like oh i can get two pint glasses of this as opposed to two snifter okay yep. yeah <laughs> yeah so and that... then you feel extra like shit the next morning yeah, and you you of have course. to walk to there to get your car today yeah. and it's great <laughs> yeah. yeah i walked I, oh man speaking of go for it uh, speaking of stouts and porters i found out the hard way about uh this is like sort of at like the the real uh as as like be, craft beer was really turning a corner as far as prevalence mm-hmm. and we were all sort of learning these things about it having like twice as much alcohol yeah. and for years, I co-hosted a comedy show at Max Bar in Lansing, and while there was no money, there was free beer, and I was like, oh, this beer tastes like coffee, and then it was like the thing where you have three pints and have no idea why you're so sick, and then <laughs> yeah. that, you know, like, My, the next day that it was like 9 or 10% alcohol, you know? Like, living yeah, in no Kalamazoo, my first time going to Bell's, uh, I was drinking pints of like a 9% beer at a mustard plug show, and oh, I guess yes. I should say... Uh, during the opener of a mustard plug show, because I <laughs> I had to go sit outside and like oh. g- like get fresh air and try and sober up during yeah. the actual mustard plug set. Um, yeah, I mean my yeah I had mead at Bell's like four or five years ago, and it was like eleven percent. But it's like it's like dry Back then you honey get a wine. pint of mead too. Yeah, I had like ago. two pints of mead and like just felt like total dog shit. I had also like yeah. not really. I didn't know what craft beer even was back then, yeah. so I was like, "Exactly, yeah." Oh, my friends told me this was good, and it's very sweet and tasty. So I'll have another one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> of course, and like, yeah, and I'm used to drinking like you know, twelve Miller High Life. Or something, no, that's when I thought like exactly, Light right? and Kugel Summer Shandy was like ah craft beer. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Summer Shandy's like three point five percent. Right. So, uh, last thing for this episode, uh, I, I put together a little game, uh, and what we're going to do is I'm going to read three headlines. Oh, Jesus. And you have to tell me which one is not a real hard times. (laughs) Hard times or hard drives? It it is hard times because I didn't want to give you too much of an edge. I, so, so hard drive, every article gets pitched and then we discuss them in the meeting uh-huh. And then they get written and sent to me, and then I make a photo for it, and then I edit it, and then I publish it in WordPress, and then I publish it on social media. Every hard drive article is seared into my fucking brain, <laughs> which sometimes <laughs> is a whole different ballgame. So you did this well, because it would be no game at all. I know, yeah. for sure. Of side note. I was like, it would be too easy if you knew. I am a huge Earthbound fan. 
And every Ooh. single time the hard drive article about the the, the fan it's earthbound fan <laughs> excited <laughs> excited to play for the first time. Every single oh, time yeah. I get tagged in that article. <laughs> And you know who uh, that photo is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Mark yes. Roebuck. And then I always <laughs> notice that, like, the Max Monday posters in the background yeah. of that photo. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, not, I was happy to get that get that out there. Yeah, right. I did. That's, I, like, the best acting I've ever done. <laughs> just how, how, how grumpy I look. Yeah, you look so sad in that one. <laughs> I, I don't know. I made a choice. You're supposed to be sad <laughs> after you play Earthbound because the ending of that game is horribly depressing. Yeah. <laughs> so, who yeah. wants to go first? That's not. That's I think not I think Nick should go last. Sure. Okay. okay. Who wants to go first? Right. So <laughs> I, I'll go first. I'll, I'll happily go first. Awesome. But is the format is there's three headlines and one of them is hard times? No, one of them's not. Okay. Okay. I won't look it up. Okay. So here's what we got. First one. <clears throat> okay. Uh, Sammy Hagar rushes across stadium to work merch booth after set. Okay. <laughs> Next one. Ben Carson uses hardcore to disprove theory of evolution. Okay. And the last one, 2017 to step down amid allegations. Okay. So which one um, is not hard So times? which one is not the hard times? I know for a fact that the 2017 one is a, hard, is, is a hard times article, partially because I remember it and partially because it is a nonsensical phrase. <laughs> <laughs> it is a wild collaboration of words. <laughs> uh, as 2017 is, of course, not a person. Uh, <laughs> um, what was the, the, so the first, the second one was that uh, Ben Carson uses hardcore. Mm-hmm. To disprove the evolution. Yeah. What the was first the first one? one? Uh, Sammy Hagar rushes across stadium to work merch booth after set. (laughs) Uh, That sounds sad enough to be true. I think that's the one that's not the hard times. You're right. That is not the hard times. Is that satire? (laughs) That is, is it satire? It is satire. Okay, okay. It's just not. Jesus. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I thought okay. it was going to be a real news article. Oh my God, no. That would have been way better. What did I (laughs) I spend an hour doing? Is that that the onion? No, it's me. I wrote that. Oh, oh shit! Oh. But what oh, I you're did just trying to get a job. That's what no. You're what doing. I did with the false <laughs> ones is I took uh, parts of other the hard times. <laughs> this is a hard game. Then I just like yeah. took the name from the one below it and put it in the one above. Oh, good. It, it is a hard game. Oh, oh, brilliant! So even it could, might even sound familiar, and you're like, yeah. Oh, that's but some of them are really weird because it's like Eminem removes another rib to suck his own dick even more, and you're like, that doesn't <laughs> really make sense. <laughs> <laughs> That was the, there was a recent one. There's like aging, aging goth removes rib to comfortably put mm-hmm. shoes on. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. All right, those are two staples: the rib joke and the goth. That's like yeah. a, a perfect hard time stitching of two. <laughs> yeah. All right. So next one up, uh, we got three titles. <clears throat> All right. We asked famous Londoner Steve O his thoughts on Brexit, and he lit his dick on fire. <laughs> Number two, local music venue only plays reggae for house music. Title three, Bernie can't go on stage until someone fills in at the merch booth. <laughs> um, I know the Steve-O one is definitely uh, a Hard Times article. Yeah, if you've and seen then... that one, you probably never unsee that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to guess the reggae house music one is not a Hard Times. Correct. And yeah, they, I remember they, that Bernie one. I remember actually seeing that one. Yes. Oh, so easy. Yeah. All right. The re- yeah, that's the other thing. Bernie as like show mode guy is kind of a, a dead yeah. giveaway too. Yeah. <laughs> that's our Joe Biden. 
You know what I just saw on Twitter? I'm not sure who wrote it, but the thing about um, Mayor Pete releasing 10 years of ticket stubs. I thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh, holy shit. That's, oh, that's really clever. That's really good. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Mayor Pete is a hot spot right now, though, for any of that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's this really glorious time, maybe, where there's still, like, like 19, I think, is it? Or however many people are still in the race. Like, it's not going to be this fertile for long. Well, well Mike, Mike, Mike Gravel's going to be Gravel's on there now. In it now. <laughs> yeah, I think the official number, and I'm not joking, is 750-something. Like, that's not a joke. I think they said that there's technically 750 people running for president. Well, because I think you can just Counting eight. you can just file. You just yeah. file to file and then use it as advertising. Right. Right. And a fictional one might be polling better than all of them, I thanks to the hard so. drive. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we should get to that. All right, Nick, real quick. Okay. They're really good at this, which means I'm really bad at writing, so I <laughs> hope you... <laughs> Is that what that means? Yeah. No, we just work there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Nick. Uh, yes. First up. Report. Local poser has never heard of Neutral Milk Hotel. Second. Activist raises awareness that she used to live in Portland. And third, 1985 Chicago Bears rumored to reunite at Riot Fest. <laughs> I know which one's real because I remember these. Uh, yeah. I want to say. Mark, you wrote one of these. I was just going to say I wrote one. Of these. <laughs> <laughs> That's I was hoping Nick that would happen to, on my turn. <laughs> Nick had to go on this one. Ah, shit. I want to say that the, the 1985 Bears are not a hard time article. That is a Hard Times article written by Mark Robach. <laughs> oh, shit. That's a, that is a sponsored Hello. post. It's sponsored content right there. Oh, hell yeah. Con-con. Yes. So, if I ever meet Riot Fest, I have something to talk to him about. <laughs> <laughs> so, campaign managing a fake presidential candidate? <laughs> and more. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, man. Ace Watkins, 2020. Almost Get at 45K followers. Yeah, uh, it kind of blew our minds. Uh, we launched it on Monday. I was really hoping to get 5,000 followers by the end of the day. And by the next day, we were ahead of John Delaney, actual presidential candidate. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I guess it's I have totally nuts. I'm hearing about this for the first time. Is it presented as this is a fake person or is it? No, not at all. <laughs> gotcha. right, we've presented it as um, Ace Watkins is the only gamer who's running for president. Uh, you know, Donald Trump, of course, in 2016 said that he was going to run the country like a business that failed. Ace is here because we need to run the country like a video game and we need to speed run it. We got to min-max mm. this shit. speed run. Uh, uh, was... Yeah. Hell yeah. There's... Where, where are we dropping, Jeremy? <laughs> Into a yeah, better we're... future for America. <laughs> we have a lot of, we have a lot oh of canned God. lines. <laughs> Um, I think there was one tweet of his that really resonated with me, and that was like, I've been called a leftist, a socialist, and a communist. Call me what you want, but we all deserve to live in a world where the Adobe Creative Suite is free. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I saw that. That really yeah. resonates with me. <laughs> that was that one really, really super blew up. Yeah, that got like 160,000 likes. Yep. Crazy. Yep. Wow. It's on this weird thing. If the trend continues, at this time next week, like Ace Watkins will have more followers than the thing that hath rotten yes that is <laughs> potentially oh, wow. a pot uh might happen it's it's been really fun and uh the guy who we have playing ace uh is phil jameson who's like a youtuber and he's super fucking funny yeah is he the guy who like wears suits and reviews shit 
He does, um, he does like these little videos. I, I've seen people say that, and I think that must be someone who looks like him. Okay, there's another he, guy yeah. who has been doing reviews for like more yeah. than eight years, who just kind of looks like that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I've seen that a bunch, but he's he, Phil's the guy who does like videos in his bedroom, but he plays all the characters. That's him. Okay, he's oh, cool yeah. though. Very funny. It's been very fun. Well, I think that is going to do it for us here today. Thanks for coming on, guys. Hope you had fun. Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah. oh dude, thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah. We, we appreciate it. Um, absolutely. Plugs. So, Plugs. And again, thank you for your patience with uh, scheduling this. Oh, I know yeah. we were... Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, this is a great opportunity. Um, normally over beer here at this point, we'd plug stuff. But I haven't mm-hmm. had anything to plug since my comedy show got canceled. <laughs> Oh, oh. rest in power. A short-lived open mic. Uh, <laughs> yes. Sorry. Uh, Nick, do you have anything to... It's, it's just... I, it's not canceled. It's just on mandatory hiatus. I, someone asked me yesterday about, like, would you bring the show back? And I was like, they might do it. I'm not going to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have nothing to plug. Sick. Gentlemen, what would you like to plug? Uh... Jeremy and I co-host the Super Mario Bros. Super Show show every week. Every Monday, we put out a new episode. We are going one by one through all 63, Jeremy. Do you know a lot of episodes of 1989's Super Mario Super Brothers Super Show, which I urge you to check out if you've not before. It's a combination live action, waking nightmare animated show uh, set in the loosely in the world of the Mario Brothers. Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. And yeah, we've been doing that for a while. We've had some guests that I kind of can't believe we've pulled off. And without saying too much, we've got some exciting things coming in the future, too. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, and then that's just part of the larger Hard Times podcast network. There's um, a lot going on. There's kind of the flagship Hard Time show where they've talked to a bunch of super cool people from the punk and hardcore worlds and a bunch of other things popping nice. up on there. Yeah, so just yeah. in general, the Hard Times podcast network yeah. is where it's at. Um, I'd like to give a plug. Nine uh, Eleven. never forget it. <laughs> keep on keeping on hell yeah he's from new york so he can he can do the, he, he oh, knows okay, about okay, this okay. shit oh yeah yeah you can you can say that <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how that works yeah <laughs> all right um i'm gonna say the outro to the show now and, this is how we do it every time and this is how we do it very naturally i'm gonna say um one of you should say something borrowed and one of you should say something brewed okay and then it'll sound really good. And Nick's gonna cut this out or leave it in to make me sound. Oh, I'm, li- I'm just leaving all like a this rambling thing. idiot. <laughs> you mean like me and Mark? Yeah, yeah. What do you want, Jeremy? Oh boy, say brood because you have a beer. I'm I'm drinking Dr Pepper right now. <laughs> oh my god, it's Dr Pepper's brood. Pr- okay, okay. <laughs> probably. Sure. Yeah. Let's go. With it's, you know, they got a right. they got a big vat and they've got 23 fucking flavors in it, and then a stick, and they just brew it. <laughs> they have 23 flavor extract in a jar, and they open yes. it. <laughs> All right. Um, thanks uh, for listening, everybody. Thanks again, guys, for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Uh, as always, I'm Andrew Pytel. I'm Nick Lancaster. Today on the show, we had Mark Roebuck and... Jeremy Kaplowitz. And this has been... I couldn't remember the name. Oh, no. This has been That's something old. Too. Something old. Something new. <laughs> Mark? Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> I meant something borrowed. There you go. Something brewed. Hell yeah. And we'll uh, see you on side B.